Blog Talk Radio. This program has been made possible by Weatherby Asset Management. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest. Weatherby Asset Management is dedicated to providing exceptional wealth management services by forming partnerships built on trust, understanding, and thoughtful advice. For more than 20 years, they've been offering objective perspective, personalized planning, and sophisticated investment management to individual investors and families, as well as pension plans, foundations, and endowments. Contact them at www.weatherby.com. Weatherby Asset Management, located in San Francisco and New York City. Hi, Devoted Moms. I, I missed my prompt. I'm sorry. Um, this is Regina, and I want to welcome everyone to today's show, uh, Devoted Moms. I am flying solo today, and so Tasha is um, out being a devoted mom. She's had a few challenges this week that included um, three of her uh, family of five having the flu. And so um, those three were quarantined for a few days, and I think they're out of quarantine now. Um, but the, she is now, she's now in urgent care with her 18-month-old who is starting to exhibit those symptoms. So we just want to make sure that we have um, that we you know that we have uh, Tasha on our mind, and that all the germs that. Uh, have possessed and um, been a part of her family's experience over the last couple of weeks. Uh, they go away. And so I'm hoping out there, Devoted Moms, that you will not let me be on this um, show for this hour by myself. So I really do want to encourage you to call in um, and talk with me. Uh, we do have a guest that's going to come on a little bit in uh, probably about 15 minutes or so. But I want to remind you that our number is 347-215-6138, or you can also reach us on um, Facebook, and you can also reach us on Twitter. And so as I am flying solo, I do want to uh, give props and thank you to our producer who is helping to manage the technical part of the show, so I appreciate you. Um, so today's show is going to be actually about the challenges and triumphs of uh, devoted moms with children with different learning abilities. And I know that we have heard often about um, children, and what does that mean? Um, well, think about children who um, have been titled uh, learning disabled, uh, also titled um, retarded was a, a term that was used years ago, children with special needs, special education, students. And so what we're talking about today is going to be really trying to figure out the strength uh, approach to working with children who just kind of think differently. They take in information and process it differently. And because of that, it does need to be categorized. It does have to have a name. And so some of the names that um, we've heard are diagnoses such as ADD, which is Attention Deficit Disorder. Um, we've also heard uh, ADHD, um, which has a hyperactivity uh, component to it. Um, we've also heard dyslexia. 
And so those are some of the things that we are going to just kind of talk about today. And so if you, in fact, have a um, a child with special learning abilities, because uh, children are able to learn and they're able to thrive and become incredible um, adults, uh, but they do need to be understood. And oftentimes they're kind of categorized as being lazy or you're just not trying hard enough or why can't you do better? And it really does take a devoted mom and a, a, and even a devoted support system to step back and say, hmm, maybe something else is going on here. And so if something else is going on, how do I access uh, finding out what that is uh, and that it is the right thing and then start to look for answers? And I'll have to say that I am in the midst of experiencing this myself. And so just like when Tasha and I are on, we often talk about things that we are experiencing in our own families or in our own experience, and this is definitely one of them. And so I found out about three, probably um, at the beginning of January, that my oldest daughter um, has a attention deficit disorder, and she also has some dyslexia. Um, issues, and so that means that she sees words and processes words and language a little bit different than some of the some of us. Uh, but if you looked at her, you would say, Simi? Oh, oh, but she's so bright. And that uh, was one of the things that I had to come to terms with. The things that she struggled with, I thought she was just kind of, well, let mommy do it. Or, um, and I'm guilty of fussing about you're moving too slow. And so if you've had this experience, um, don't let me be by myself, uh, give me a call at 347-215-6138. And let's just kind of talk about what um, what it's been like. I can tell you for myself, it has been a real eye-opener. I am actually um, hoping that I we're expecting a guest on, Kelly from Virginia, who is a parent who has really managed to understand the system uh, of uh, the school system and how academia works with our children, but also, um, you know, additional opportunities and additional resources. And so as we're waiting for Kelly to join our conversation, again, I want to uh, ask folks that – Ask folks that they do call in uh, to 347-215-6138. And so um, as we are waiting, I just want to check in with you and let you know just kind of how uh, the week's been going on my end. Uh, I want to acknowledge that I know the Midwest is getting hit hard or has gotten hit very hard with lots of snow and so um, you all may be um, snowed in, and so maybe you're listening to devoted moms uh, from in front of a cozy fireplace. I'd also like to acknowledge that there's people all over the world that have listened through the weeks. Uh, and as they have, it's been just, you know, quite a humbling experience for Tasha and I to have this platform and to just do what uh, we feel like God has called us to do. And so that's why... Um, you know, we are on, and that's why we continue to move forward and try to identify topics that are relevant and is and topics that are relevant, but also topics that make us say, hmm, 
So in the past few weeks, you know, we've covered things about talking about sex. We've also talked about adoption. And I do want to acknowledge and really appreciate um, our two guests from last week, which was Dewan and uh, William. And it was interesting because, you know, from different perspectives, and we tried to let this conversation be an organic conversation. So whatever comes up and however the guests kind of steer us, uh, is kind of how where we go. And so we had two devoted fathers who happened to be divorced and doing some co-parenting. Um, and really, depending on time in and the individual, uh, will lead you to believe whether it is a, um, whether, how much of a challenge is it. And it is a challenge, but it isn't a challenge that we um, can't meet or that we uh, can't, um, that we can't overcome and figure out. But part of figuring it out, as we've talked lots of times on Devoted Moms, is that you've got to have a support system and you've got to seek out information um, and really be willing to compromise um, and kind of look through different lenses. And in that, um, it's really important that uh, maybe what you thought was true in uh, fact may not necessarily be true in fact. And so really being open to that uh, is going to be really important. And so William and Dewan talked about some really important things about communication and also the role that um, the role that is played by uh, counseling, that even though many couples do go to counseling because they want to do it the right way, um, it's not always meaning that it's going to end up with a reconciliation and the family stays together. And so I really want to thank them for being on and being open and honest about their own experience. You know, that is one of the shows or one of the topic areas that we'd like to continue to offer, um, and that's one on phenomenal dads or phenomenal fathers. Um, and so if you, again, we asked you on last week, if you happen to have uh, some topics that you'd like to hear more about or you'd like for us to investigate more, um, then we really do want you to either email us or uh, send us a uh, Facebook notice just to let us know what else is there um, that devoted moms around the world are struggling with and want to have resources and support on. And, you know, we move from the premise that everyone wants to do better and the best by their children. And so, again, I'd like to encourage you to give me a call so that I am not just talking by myself today. Um, the number, again, is 347-215-6138. So I just got a message saying that Kelly is not going to be able to call in. Um, she had some emergency come up with come up, and that does happen um and and so I actually am solo, but if you call in, then you and I can talk um I do want to because we did say we were going to talk about children with special abilities, I want to talk a little bit about what my experience has been just um since I started um investigating that something might not quite be. Um, clicking for my daughter. And so I want to just share with you what my experience has been and perhaps uh, someone out there is going through or having that kind of question. And for me, what it looked like was um, Sims was doing really well one week and the next week she'd do really poorly. And so for many of us who have child-aged children or school-aged children, 
she would come home with her Thursday folder. And the Thursday folder would have information about um, what her week looked like. And so I would start in the folder and I'd say, oh, okay, um, she may have six out of ten. Then she may have uh, a, a reading or writing assignment that she may have four out of twelve. Or she may have ten out of ten. And it was just all over the place. Then I also started noticing that as I was asking her to do things around the house, she would stop me and say, you told me to do this, and I'm trying to do this, and then you're telling me to do something else. And I would see this frustration. And my thing is, you know, I'm a multitasking kind of person. I can, um, if you see me right now, I have a laptop up, I have a tablet on, and I'm talking on the phone to all of my devoted moms from around the world. And so I'm used to kind of juggling all of these different balls, but I also um, am sometimes challenged with, you know, one of those balls might fall. Um, And I've been doing this for a really long time. Sydney is only eight. And so I've learned to compensate for some of the juggling that we all do, especially moms, um, trying to get it done. So uh, I think we finally got a report card in November, December, and it was not a good report card at all. Um, it had very low scores uh, that she needed, you know, that she was below expectations, that she needed um, additional help um, on some of the really basic things. And this was in the first half of uh, the school year. So usually the first half of the school year is really, as we know, a review of the last school year. So that kind of raised the flag for me that she wasn't doing well, and I was taking into account that she was in a new school. I was taking into account that she was also, um, and we had moved to a new house, and our family structure looked a lot different than it did last year. So, you know, those transitional things can impact. Well, I kept seeing some adjustment on her part where she was, you know, seemingly, you know, doing good with the with the transition, but it wasn't transferring when it came down to school. And so I met with uh, two of her teachers, a math teacher and a language arts and reading teacher. And before I could say it good, they um, you know, said she's having these challenges and she really wants to do well, and we're, getting, we're a little concerned uh, about her level of performance. And I just blurted out, I said, I really think she needs to be assessed. And they looked at me like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you said that. Um, And I think it's because parents often, you know, want their kids to be, um, want them to do well and want them to be normal, want them to be, uh, to have the tools that they need uh, without any additional, there's some denial around, you know, you know, is it that she's just a first child she's used to, mommy overcompensating, or is there really something going on? And when I saw the struggle part, you know, it wasn't like she was avoiding doing her work. She wanted to do her work, but she needed a lot of hand-holding. And so um, when I said that, the teachers who now are a part of a team um, working towards uh, semi-success were really relieved and glad that we were open um, because Simi's father was there also, that we were open to getting her assessed to see if there are some challenges. And um, after she talked to the school, a school psychologist did the assessment or the evaluation, 
Um, and the uh, school counselor also came, went in and did some um, observing of how she operated in a classroom and where she sat and how long did she pay attention. And Simi is a very engaging, bright, articulate child. And so we had to look deeper because she was pulling it off is what we found out. So once we found out that there were, um, that the evaluations were done and we come back about a month later, that was in January, and what they did was they did the assessments, they did the evaluations, and then they came up with um, recommendations for uh, kind of evening uh, or bringing into some equal the playing field. And so that was very interesting because that was when we actually heard uh, the diagnosis. And just like with any other chronic health-related diagnosis, it's hard to hear for the first time. It's hard to to be affirmed what you kind of knew something was going on, but you might not have had words for it. And I think we as moms, it's really important that we do investigate that um, intuition, um, that little voice or your spirit saying, you know what, there's something more here than just uh, my child not doing well because she doesn't want to or she's not trying hard enough. And so I want to encourage if that is, in fact, your where you are with your child or if you've experienced that with the child, um, that you give us a call, um, 347-215-6138, and share your thoughts with uh, with me, uh, just as I am still very new in learning what is a whole new world. It's a whole world of lots of acronyms. Uh, it's a whole world of finding support systems that I want to definitely share with you that are, um, some are web-based and some are, um, some are web-based and some are local to different areas, and to help you just kind of seek out more than maybe what you know now. What came out in that meeting was what they saw from Simi in her classes, saw her at school. I did fill out a form that gave them some information about what it looks like at home, but it really wasn't a lot of information that was asked. And so this IEP meeting, which is an individual education uh, planning meeting, uh, was really helpful because I got to give them more information and that led to the creation of a plan, a plan where uh, there was a special education teacher there, her language arts teacher was there, so was the school counselor, the psychologist, and then it was led by the leadership of the school, which was the vice president, I mean the vice principal. And so what I understand is that this is pretty common uh, because the push or the laws that allow for students to have additional resources um, starts at the federal level. So it's at that national level that um, talks about Americans with Disabilities Act, um, there's also something called uh, the Individual Development Education Act, which is IDEA. There's all these acronyms, uh, moms out there. And so, you know, just coming up to speed with all of this this new world that we're, you know, starting to manage and try to figure out was so overwhelming. 
And so I just want to let you know that it is overwhelming and that this is a really good time if you are in this space to reach out and to talk with um, other moms, other dads, uh, teachers about what you're experiencing, how you're feeling, tapping into uh, whatever network you have that helps to support you. And so uh, though Kelly won't be with us today, I will and we will plan to do this topic again because uh, we actually have quite a few resources that we can have um, have this conversation. And so, again, if you are listening and you just want to give your opinion or your thoughts, feel free to give me a call at 347-215-6138. And if there's some folks who are just joining us, I want to let you know that Tasha is out being a devoted mom in a more physical sense. Her baby girl looks like um, may have the flu, which we know is running rampant around the country, I know, at least. And so I want to make sure that um, we continue to send out positive energy to Tasha. And so as we talk today about um, it just with my experience with now having a child with a diagnosis and actually some clarity about how she takes in information and processes information, it was completely overwhelming. And what I realized is as life happens, there are these overwhelming moments. And for me, building a support system where Tasha um, is a huge part of it. You um, will at some point hear from a dear friend or and cousin uh, and best friend of mine, uh, Rick, who is a phenomenal father. We just haven't been able to schedule him to um, be on the show. But I also tapped into my business partner, who is also one of my best friends, uh, Kenya, who has been on and definitely talked about um, being a single parent and what that looked like. She was on very early and also talking about working with teenagers. So I called it, I rounded in, you know, the folks that have been so supportive, um, including Melissa, who is my housemate and who has really um, just been a constant uh, where I could verbalize some of the frustration and also be able to just breathe um, because she and I help each other with our children. And so um, along with just the normal everyday challenges. So here's yet another challenge. And so I really tapped into those um, those resources. I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Carlos, who was one of our phenomenal fathers. Well, and he is a phenomenal father, uh, but spoke on one of our, our earlier shows. And he, too, was just very encouraging. And so you really have to think about surrounding yourself with folks who understand challenges happen and then allow you to experience and be in that moment, but also support you to press forward. And, you know, all of my support system said, you can do this. You know, you, Simi now has an incredible advocate, and she's going to have exactly what she needs to be able to conquer this hurdle. And even though I heard that and I felt that, it was helpful for it to be affirmed. So once we did get the diagnosis for Simi, it was helpful for us to then um, start to reach out and investigate. And that's one of the things I do. I'm just like a Google-aholic. I want to know who's doing what, what's working. Um, I also want to talk with people who have experienced this and 
what was their, you know, experience like and what are some of the things that I can um, avoid. And so, again, if you have a child with special needs, it's also called learning disabled, it would be really great to hear from you at 347-215-6138. Once we understood what it was, um, of course, I went right away to seeing I've got support systems of children that have, uh, you know, children with normal or with with what is called, I guess, typical learning uh, behaviors. I do have a business partner who she, too, has a daughter that also has a very similar diagnosis. And so she and I talking through about um, her challenges was really, really great. Um, And so I do want to say that um, there we do have a listener who did just kind of tell us that that they did have what's called a 504 in high school um, and uh, is willing to talk about just what that means because, again, there's all of these code words and these cohorts are really, really interesting because if you don't know them, um, you're just sitting there like, huh? So being comfortable with saying, okay, you just said something, um, but I'm not sure what you meant by it uh, has been a phrase that I have used a lot in the last few weeks. And so Asibnit is going to join us. It's from California. Um, and she wants to share her thoughts on having been a student that actually rele- that received those services. And so I'm really excited to um, hear her perspective because it's going to help us understand um, how an adult experienced those resources and what they're doing now. And so are you on the line? Yes. Can you hear me? Oh. Okay, so I totally butchered your name. Uh, no, you <laughs> actually got it. Right, I think. Asana. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you don't have to say it again. <laughs> um, Asinta? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. Asana. So thank you so much for um for joining for joining me. Um and so I understand that in high school you had what was called a five oh four and I've seen that before, but can you tell me and the other devoted moms what that means? Yeah, um, basically, when I passed the learning disability, the medication that I took for epilepsy. Uh-huh. And um, so when my mom went in, they said that um, based on, in a lot of ways, I registered um, normal on the on all of the testing and things. So based on the tests and things they did, they said I didn't qualify for an IEP. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, because I I don't know exactly, but I guess somehow the way I was scoring, they couldn't quite categorize it into any of those things. So um, they said that there was, but we were told by the Epilepsy Foundation that there's another thing called the 504. It's very similar, but uh-huh. it catches all those other students that kind of fall through the cracks. Oh. And um, yeah, and so my parents found out about that, went to get that for me. By the time we realized all of this, I was actually already, I think, a sophomore or junior in high school. Um, Yeah, so I had been struggling for a long time. Um, It didn't make sense. A lot of the classes I had, I really understood the stuff. Even in, um, like, trig, I could tell you the answer to a problem, but it took Mm -hmm. me so long to write it down that I couldn't complete tests or homework assignments. Mm, Okay. 
And so, so one of the I, you know what, I actually, again, I'm a Googleholic. So a 504 or 504 plan um, is a part of the Rehabilitation Act, and that is within the American Disabilities Act. And it really does specify that no one with an ability can be excluded from participating in federally funded programs or activities, and particularly around schooling. Um, it also gives um, that person the ability to receive modifications and accommodations, which are two things that I'm learning about now um, that will be needed uh, for students that have an opportunity to, to perform at the same level of their peers. And it was interesting as I learned that that's really what it's about. It's, it's leveling the playing field or giving the resources um, so that you can have the same stepping point as someone who has perhaps a typical um, learning uh, ability or style. And I think the accommodations uh, can range from uh, wheelchair ramps to an extra set of textbooks, um, we also uh, now know that that is a part of the peanut-free lunch environment. So the whole allergy, um, the, the, the accommodations around children with allergies also comes out of this American Disabilities Act, and you'll also hear it called the ADA. Um, and so when it came to, like, there was the discovery is you were a sophomore, um, what kind of accommodations or modifications were you allowed? Um, I was really frustrated at that point. I kind of almost felt like, why try? Every time I try, it just it doesn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, so I was very frustrated. But one of the things that made it that much more frustrating was that at my school, they hadn't uh -huh. really had to deal with these before. Oh. So when we went to them, and since we were new at it, when we went to them, um, it was kind of like, okay, here's her problem. She can't finish the work on time. And mm -hmm. so, you know, one of the questions was, what can we do? Is there any way that maybe instead of doing every other problem, she can do every mm -hmm. fourth problem or something? And all of the teachers kind of said, well, but it's the repetition. That's how we teach. And so she won't learn if we do that. So the only solution that my school could come up with was, okay, well, she can turn work in late, uh -huh, uh -huh. which kind of seems to work. But when it comes down to the end of the year, um, end of my senior year, I was short three essays. And my uh -huh. English teacher actually went in and told them, he said, she needs three essays and she'll pass. Can you just, we've always told her she can turn it in late, give her a two-week extension, let her walk. And they uh -huh. said, no, she doesn't have it completed. She can't walk. She's going to oh, have to go no. to summer school. Oh, no. Oh, don't you want to just go back and beat those people with a wet noodle <laughs> or something? Thank goodness. How heartless. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So I think it's awesome that you're looking into all the different options. And when I got to college, it was so different. Um, I had a different doctor that I got towards the end of my senior year who actually looked at my medication and said, we need to change this because there's absolutely no way that you can succeed in school with this combination. Right. Um, so, you know, he worked on changing my medication. And he said at that point, our goal wasn't to fix high school. It was to prepare me for college. 
Right. And mm-hmm. when I got to college, there was this, like you said, there was a whole wealth of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could give you uh, permission to use a tape recorder, or since it took me long to write things down, they had, like, carbon copy notebook paper that I could um, ask someone in the class who took good notes to take notes right. and we both have a copy. Right. And some of the schools, depending on the school you go to, I found out some of them offer a stipend to students who do that. Some of them right. offer priority registration. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's incentives for them, too. And I was able to get extended time exams. So I would right. just go to a separate room, and I'd have time and a half or even double time to finish right. the exams. And I felt so much more successful. Right. And I felt... Um, I just felt so good. Like, I was like, I'm not stupid. <laughs> right, uh, right. I can do that. Right. That was two two things that Simi said within a couple of weeks of each other. One was, sometimes I really feel dumb. And, you know, as a mom, that just like, oh, my gosh, am I contributing to that? What, you know, how do I stop the whole world from, you know, from making her feel that way? <laughs> um, you know, you just really want to put on your superwoman you know, outfit and go out and, you know, pop people in the head or something. Uh, (laughs) But the other thing that she said, too, is that her teachers always tell her that she's slow. And so, you know, recognizing that, you know, my background is in social work and I am going to step and work with her um, as I do um, pretty much anyone that I interact with is going to be from the strength perspective. And so we started talking about, you know, you know, if some, you know, the words that people say to you, um, how you decide to take them or keep them um, is how they're going to affect you. And so you have control over that. And so that's where we started talking about, you know, who has the key to your happiness in their pocket. And, you know, if you're feeling dumb, then let's, let's think about what does it mean for you to feel smart? When do you feel smart? And, you know, how do we replicate that? And it was interesting because as we went forward, she's in third grade, but she's really reading, particularly on um, a second grade level, um, first half or first quarter. And so because they gave, they went back and looked to see where is she really, what is her real starting point, and then how do we get her which is where the IEP comes into play, the Individualized Education Program. Um, the, I, the IEP had goals that the school had to make sure that she accomplished and that they did everything that they could. Um, and if they couldn't do it, they would have to pay for it somewhere else. And those are the things that I'm really learning now is that the school told me today, well, we only have six of those books. And I said, well, it's my understanding that, you know, because Sims has an IEP, she needs to have at home the same resources that she has at school because it's been found that if it's reinforced at home, that she will continue to excel in school. Now, had I not known that, I would have said, wow, if you only have six books, well, I guess you won't be getting one. Um, Instead, I said, well, how do we get her a book in the education um, teacher said, well, we could make copies. And I'm like, okay, I'm good with the copy. I don't need a bound, pretty, sli- you know, slick book. I need her to have the information so that I'm exposing her at home um, to what she's exposed to at school. And so you're right. I think that we've come a really long way. And 
a lot of it, interestingly enough, like most things in particularly in America, is because of um, parents advocating and holding school systems accountable to this federal law. And so I know that I found out that um, the county we're in now is under a lot of scrutiny. And it's because they've kind of interpreted um, the law in a way that has not been beneficial to the child. And so if you, you know, could go back in hindsight, and I just often wonder, can you go back and sue a school system for, you know, not giving you what you needed, um, but you did eventually get it. It was just in your college, um, you know, in your college years. Um, but I'm sure it made you question, like, could you even do college? Oh, yeah. I actually had a counselor tell me at one point to not even worry about applying to a four-year school because I just I wasn't cut out for it. I wasn't going to finish the work I needed to. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I think, I think one of the advantages I had was that my parents, um, my mom's a teacher, and my dad just always had, they both had a very strong sense of not allowing teachers to say things that were out of line. So mine were the parents that would say, you know, counselor is not looking out for you. He's looking out yeah. for the teachers, and, you know, they're making things more difficult for you, so we're going to get you a new counselor. Right, right, right. And, I, 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 I agree. Exactly. Getting the right fit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, getting the right fit was the other thing. Um, I am, you know, working to learn more about one particular teacher that just does it. Uh, I, there's just like that feeling. And again, moms who have those intuitions that say, you know, if she doesn't put on a happy face for a parent, then what is she doing for these children? <laughs> um, and yeah. trying to understand and get her to understand that this is a priority. Um, and this is the profession you've chosen and you've decided to invest school in, and so there's certain expectations. Uh, but it has been most, you know, most of the folks I've talked to have had experiences like yours where, you know, if you don't know the right question or if you don't know the laws and your rights more, better than they do, then then you may never find out that your child is eligible for a pen that reads to her because if she spends more time trying to read instead of comprehending what she's hearing, then, you know, it would allow for her to build those skills um, one at a time instead of someone who has a normal learning ability being able to um, read, write, and comprehend. And oh, so absolutely. Just, I've learned over time that um, one of the most important things for parents or, you know, any family member that's advocating for a student is to know what questions to ask. Oh, because my a lot of teachers are discouraged from mm-hmm. ever, you know, telling a parent, oh, your your student might have this kind of disability, get them tested. Mm-hmm. Because of all the things that opens up legally as far as what the school is responsible for. So a lot of times... Right. You know, they have to be careful what they say. So as a parent, when you notice things, it's so important to speak up and ask those questions and do the research so that you're asking the right questions mm-hmm. in order to get your student that help. Well, I'm also realizing that the other part is, like, I step from, I think, you know, you've chosen to be a teacher, you've chosen to be, you know, a school administrator. 
that your desire is for my child to be successful in getting her education and doing well. That's my stepping point. When I talk to other parents who have been doing this for a while, it doesn't, it, it, it's, it's really giving them a lot more um, or expecting a lot more than what maybe the system has created for them. And so asking questions like, what regulations are you, you know, are you reading this from? Uh, one of the things the Sims had initially was a writer. And so they actually have, you know, a person that writes, you know, exactly what she says. But that means that she can use her energy thinking and forming her thoughts instead of trying to figure out if a D and B should be in which direction. And so at some point someone read or interpreted um, the regulations are saying that she really wasn't eligible. And I'm like, I'm not understanding how is she not eligible. And so they pulled out this big binder, and these were the Maryland state regs. And there's each state is, just like all other laws, devoted moms, you know, each state interprets uh, the federal law or, or integrates the, the federal law in its own way. But it has these things that it has to do. And so when she read out of this big binder, I'm like, well, what is that you're reading? And she says, well, this is, you know, Maryland's um, regulations to to actually do this. And then there was this other kind of side talk around these informal best practices. And so after I met with Kelly, who was going to be our guest today, and she told me, she says, if it's not in writing, if they won't put it in writing, then it doesn't exist. And so there's a lot of, I need for you to show me where that says that in, in the regulations. Because when I read the regulations, this is what I read. Um, and when I read what the psychologist who did the evaluation said, it was very clear that since education success, she could benefit from a scribe or a writer. She could also benefit from a reader. Um, and so she was very clear, but I also spent, I was very lucky that she spent almost an hour and a half with me after the meeting and then rewrote her report, given the additional information that I gave her. And so if it feels like, yes, you're going to have one more thing on your plate, it is another, you know, part-time job um, just trying to figure this out. Um, what I am also very blessed with is that I do have the flexibility in my schedule at this point that I would not have had if I were not an entrepreneur, um, if I were working for a system that wanted me to be at my desk from 9 to 5. And so that's where coming back to um, really being able to set my own schedule and my own priorities and taking care of my family really looks different. And so um, the overwhelming part of it uh, is that it is going to be something that you're going to have to work towards. But, you know, many devoted moms, like you said, your parents were educators and they understood that this was going to be really important. And so I'm really glad that you shared with me your, um, you know, your experience and with other devoted moms. If there was a, um, a bit or a morsel in your hindsight um, that you think uh, we as moms could really benefit from, what would it be? I would say um, as soon as you notice that your child is struggling, 
um, especially if it's something that's out of characteristic for how they were performing prior to a particular year or something, mm-hmm. look for advocate groups. Um, look for other groups. One of the things we had never gotten into was um, the Epilepsy Foundation and the, the support groups they had because the seizures I had had been so minor that we didn't mm-hmm. think it really affected anything. But it was talking to parents from there who said, oh, yeah, my child's grades dropped as soon as they got put on certain medications, then my parents started to wonder and say, oh, maybe it's not that she's not trying. Maybe it's not that she's not spending enough time on her homework. Maybe there's something else. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I would say especially if you don't have the time to do all of, like if you don't feel like you have the time to do all of that research yourself mm-hmm. because you're um, full-time employed and just feel like you're, you know, just trying to get home to make sure you have that time with your kids in the first place. Right. Really look into what groups are in the area. And okay. sometimes a lot of learning disabilities are very subtle. So uh-huh. if you're saying that I am trying, I really am, I don't know what's happening, uh-huh. you definitely start looking around. Right, um, which is a great segue into, I, um, again, said that I went and did some research and there's a couple of websites um, that I think that folks should know about. Uh, there is CHAD, which is Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And CHAD has local entities or local chapters. And so I found out even within my county, I think there's three different chapters. Um, and it's because of the way our county, the geographic makeup of our county is very big. And so there's, you know, kind of uh, one in different for different areas, which is great because um, I don't want to take 45, I'm not going to be able to take 45 minutes to drive to a meeting uh, <laughs> and then be at that meeting and then take 45 minutes to come back. Uh, so chat, C-H-A-D-D um, dot org is the website for that. It um, also talks about, has information about conferences and trainings, finding support, um, it uh, tells you um, from the parent's point of view. I think the other thing that um, that is important is that you, we're talking about something that's going to go into adulthood. Um, it's not like this is going to get better. Um, what makes it better, from my understanding, is that you learn that you think differently and so you manage work um, and life differently. Would you agree with that? Um, I'm sorry, we're just having a little bit of breaking up, so I'm not sure what you just answered. Okay, well, maybe she can call back in or get come back in when you're able to. Um, the other resource that I wanted to uh, let you know about was a place called Attitude, which is A-D-D-I-T-U-D-E, um, and their tag is Living Well with Attention Deficit. And so it talks about not only, again, children, but parenting, um, children with the diagnosis. Um, there's information on medication uh, because we didn't get a chance to kind of talk about that and 
uh, we will come back and have a conversation about the whole question of medication. I shared with one of my mentors today, Simi's um, evaluation, and the first thing she said was, don't put her on any medication, just get the sugar out of their diet. And I know that she meant well, and it is there are some diet um, some dietary considerations um, that I've definitely looked into and will continue. I'm one of those persons who I'm okay um, with uh, giving the tools that are needed in order to operate. I see my daughter challenge with focusing. And so would I be doing her justice if I didn't, if I weren't open to her using some medication to help her focus? Because one of the things that we um, do know is that the focus um, may be the interruption and may present itself as these other things. And so uh, if she's able to focus better, will she, in fact, decrease how significant dyslexia is in her life? And I want to know that. You know, that's something that's important um, That's important to me. And so um, I think that our last caller is back on. Um, are you there? Hello? Yes, yeah. I'm here. Oh, okay. I wanted to get your perspective as an adult um, living with living with um, these challenges, um, and how has that? How have you had to maneuver um, as an adult? Oh, I'm thinking the calls are dropping again. Uh oh. Okay, so in the meantime, hopefully we'll we'll get to hear back um, from a firsthand experience. Um, so, a, um, ad addipude was the website I was referencing, um, and it is www.addipudemag.com. And again, it has lots of information about. Um, uh, individuals that are using their own voices in order to help people understand what's going on with um, learning differently and thinking differently. So I want to make sure that you have that. Uh, the other um, resource I wanted to offer up is Attention Deficit Disorder Association. And they work primarily with helping adults with ADHD lead better lives. And I really did think that that was um, very uh, important because, you know, we know that school age, you know, kind of how to advocate. But to really give children and then young adults and then adults um, the, the early tools on how to manage how you think differently is really, I think, essential. And um, what we know is we've all had coworkers who we feel like keep dropping the ball um, they, you know, they aren't focused on anything. And so I just wonder just how many adults um, have missed being, uh, you know, diagnosed or given um, what they need in order to do better. And what I will tell you is that on um, our local MPT station, they actually had, and this was weird, I was cleaning my room on Saturday night, and here is this um, presentation 
on an organization that does work with adults that um, have ADD. And what they talked about was what it was like to, um, before they knew they had it and what it's been like since they realized that this is a part of their world and this is how they um, how they think differently. And it doesn't mean that they won't be successful, but that they will, in fact, um, need to uh, compensate, need to allow for and understand, uh, you know, what's special about them. And uh, this was on, like I said, it was on MPT, but it was also um, giving more information about, you know, just what are some of the strategies uh, and so even if you just happen to Google your um, adults with ADD, and I'm actually looking feverishly <laughs> for that particular website because I did um, think that it was a real, a really good one, but it was um, on the on PBS on public uh, television, and it was um, really talking about how adults need to understand. And so one of the stories that they told, and we only have a few minutes left, but one of the stories that they shared was a story of a man who was 86 years old. And he had spent his whole life feeling like he was just dumb and an underachiever. And uh, what was interesting was once he got his diagnosis in his 80s, the impact to his quality of life, was so significant. But can you imagine in your 80s, um, <laughs> in your 80s just finding out that I'm not lazy and I'm not just, you know, deemed, you know, a deadbeat. I, there was a real, real information and there were really things that were going on in my brain that I just did not know. And so I do want to let you know that, uh, that one of the things that was reflected was what helped me feel more secure and learn how to use my strengths to minimize the effect of my disability so I could be um, successful as an adult, and that was receiving the support and encouragement and understanding from the advocates as well as from the school officials. And so um, I think it's really important that uh, we as devoted moms are often that first line of advocacy, and then we show and demonstrate to our children how they also um, have to be advocates. And so even for my daughter, she has to ask for um, help to get a reader, um, that it's just not something automatic that she has to say, I need for you to read this to me. And at first I was like, why should she have to do that? But I think what it teaches them is that you have to ask for help sometimes. And, um, and, and that's part of, you know, really learning very early that this isn't something that you are just using as a crutch or something that you're just avoiding because you can. It's real and it is going to either, um, if I don't understand it, it's going to um, impact how well and what's my quality of life. And I think that's what's so very important is that we understand um that by tooling and by giving resources and accommodations or modifications, just giving someone an extra 20 minutes on a test can be the difference between them finishing that test and getting a full score or them walking away feeling completely defeated 
because they weren't able to finish. And quite frankly, if you're not able to finish, then it's hard to assess um, what you really know, especially because testing is so important. So I wanted to just, you know, again, give folks um, my perspective, um, what's been my experience in the last few months. And what we will have uh, coming on is we'll have some other um, moms who have experienced uh, what it feels like to have to advocate for um, their children. What we can also have on is the um, some of the advocacy groups that we're hoping will reach out and um, really help us uh, figure out, you know, what do we do and how do we do this um, and how do we effectively uh, get what our children need in order for them to succeed. What I see this is big time is that I am um, – this is for the long haul, that I am helping Simi prepare for her life. Uh, and, and it goes beyond elementary school, that this is how do I get her prepared to go to college and finish successfully. And so I really am glad that uh, folks did spend some time with me. Um, I truly miss Tasha. I'm not sure if she's been able to um, listen in. Um, but I miss her, and I miss her voice and her energy, but I also know that she's being a phenomenal mom. Um, thank you so much for uh, being here. And, again, if you want to, you know, connect more about this or other topics, I strongly encourage for you to visit Devoted Moms, on, and it's all one word, on Facebook. Um, also, you can Facebook us at, uh, at Devoted Moms. Um, I just want to, again, uh, allow you to also email to listeners at syliaglobal.com. And so if you have email questions, we will spend some time on next week. Uh, you know, if there's anyone who would like to share their, you know, their experience and maybe they weren't able to do it today, um, I really do encourage for you to share because we are only as good as, um, other demo devoted moms uh, give to us. And so I really appreciate you um, just listening in, and I'm hoping that someone has heard something that will offer you encouragement and support, um, or maybe there was a light bulb that went off, and that we will see you on next week at the same time, uh, same place, and encourage you um, just to keep on uh, being faithful at being devoted moms and picking up resources so that we can create uh, our children's world uh, to be just such better places. I do want to let you know that on next week we're hoping that we will have someone that's going to come on, another entrepreneur mom, who's going to talk about what it has meant to be um, on her own in business life and how it has worked for her as a mom. Um, and also some of the challenges that it's created uh, for her as a mom. And so that's what we're hoping the issue we're going to talk on next week. I thank you so very much, and I just wish you warm blessings. And, Tasha, if you're listening, I'll see you on the other side of the urgent care visit. Um, God bless to all of you, and we'll see you on next week. Thank you. This program has been made possible by Weatherby Asset Management. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest.
Weatherby Asset Management is dedicated to providing exceptional wealth management services by forming partnerships built on trust, understanding, and thoughtful advice. For more than 20 years, they've been offering objective perspective, personalized planning, and sophisticated investment management to individual investors and families, as well as pension plans, foundations, and endowments. Contact them at www.weatherby.com. Weatherby Asset Management, located...